You know, I always like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 100, episode 100 of the Two Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, episode 100. I am so excited, ladies and gentlemen, to make it to 100 episodes. I was just trying to get through one just two years ago, ladies and gentlemen. This is an incredible accomplishment. I'm ready to get right on into this thing. You can find me at linktr.ee slash two sweet pods. Two sweet pod. That's where all of my listeners are for this podcast. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to waste any more time. we got a lot to hop into. In particular, we are going to start, ladies and gentlemen, with the, ep- the debut of the Soapbox, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. I put out a tweet earlier this week uh, stating that I will have a new segment, the Soapbox segment. Hit that music, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. I said comment or give anything in wrestling and sports that, ha- that you have a problem with. And you will be featured on episode 100 of the Two Sweet Podcast. And we have six entrants. And I'm about to get into all of them. First up, ladies and gentlemen, at Gold, Philip, Philip Gold, he says, rope breaks in no DQ matchups. What are you going to do if I don't break the hold, ref? Stare at me in disappointed fashion. He is on his soapbox for this particular reason and i am with him we have built up look at these no dq matches we have these rules okay it's no dq it is going to be barbaric and you have a break in the middle of the match i think even more my problem is the wrestler going for the ropes why are you going for the ropes when there's supposedly no rope breaks in the middle of the match i can't stand it i'm on my soapbox about that one too moving on we got at david berry 73 he says tag teams not doing tag team things holding a, a guy so your partner can attack them after the tag also not having tag team finishers is annoying and your tag team champs should not be losing to two single stars that just became a team yes indeed to all of that like man tag teams have to in my I'm, I'm a stickler for this like dress the same way if you're a tag team that's just how it was back in the day man also he gets on to the point of you know not having a tag team finisher that is annoying to me too we should they are not singles partners they should have a tag team finisher uh and he lastly says that your tag team champ should not be losing to two single stars that just became a tag team i hate that as well man like just a prime example is Kenny Omega and Adam Hangman Page but they're phenomenal tag team they are single stars the tag team should not be losing to them so I'm right with you on that one man so moving on to McLaurin Merck at McLaurin Merck Darren he says storylines that get dropped for no good reason are changed halfway through and didn't make no sense also stilted scripted promos often written by Vince who has no idea how a human being actually talks oh why you gotta rip on Vince like that but look I totally agree. I halfway, well, no, I'm going to take that back. I halfway agree. He says that storylines that get dropped for no good reason. Look, a prime, a prime uh, example 
eye of the storyline that got dropped for me was the Nightmare Collective in AEW. Ah, it just wasn't working out. So, from that aspect, like you said, for no good reason, I understand, but it, if it has a good reason, I'm with storylines getting dropped. Or change, and you says, or change halfway through and didn't make no sense. Like, there are a lot of good things that have happened in wrestling over years that were one-offs, and it's like, well, what happened to that? So, I totally agree with that. And he got on scripted promos as well. That is the bane of my existence, man. Like, it was back, back in the day, it was, okay, you have a certain amount of bullet points, and then you fill in the rest. That's the way it should be. You should not be scripting out promos for people, man, because you just don't know how they talk. That's just my opinion. I totally agree with you there. Moving on, we got Nate Fell. He says, no story in the AEW Women's Division. And I agree with him there. Like, the as much of a story that we had in the AAW division was the Nightmare Collective and it wasn't going very good outside of that there's really been no actual story there's been some decent matches but we need story and hopefully we're getting into that with Nyla Rose as the new champion I'm gonna go uh, through that as well with, at, with my AEW recap so hopefully we get a story there moving on we got Callan Matthew I hope I'm pronouncing that right at man order 0102 he says when the ball breaks out and the timekeeper constantly rings the bell to try to stop it that drives me up the wall i laughed at this man because the first thing i thought about was wcw nitro they used to have these brawls right at the end of the show and there's the timekeeper just ringing the bell non-stop like uh, wade barrett or somebody with a gavel just ringing it non-stop like that's gonna actually stop the action from happening moving on we're going to go to Anthony Talk Stuff. Hey, Talk Stuff. They have a phenomenal podcast. Listen to him. He says Hogan versus Sting at Starcade. My goodness. Literally the culmination of arguably the greatest wrestling angle ever. And they botch the freaking finish to the match. And it ruins the moment and culmination of it all. My goodness. As a huge Sting fan, I am with you like at the time it was so confusing man it's like okay well sting just lost the match okay no he didn't well here comes bret hart or oh, sting won a title okay well you won a title and you come on look at it years later and it's like how did you mess that up sting tops out hogan end of a match that's all that needed to happen and it became one of the worst if not the worst finish in pay-per-view history so we are off our soapbox i had a soapbox moment as well i posted it on twitter check that out we will run this segment again next week if you have any soapbox moments that you are on about wrestling and sports feel free to post them so ladies and gentlemen we are gonna move into best thing funniest thing that is back this week best thing of the week john moxley versus suzuki it was a tremendous match at new japan in the beginning and like man it was a brutal match i'm up i'm talking about three o'clock in the morning watching this i roll i rise up and they are going at it they are brutalizing each other john moxley picks up the win there and what was a phenomenal match funniest thing of the week gang grill yes indeed y'all know where i'm going here Shayna baszler bites the neck out of uh <laughs> i just feel funny saying that bites the neck of becky lynch and 
Man, I'm gonna get into that storyline later on, but the Gangrel memes came out, and I was one of them. I said Shayna Baszler's theme is gonna be the Brood's theme now. Like the memes, the Gangrel memes were just hilarious last Monday night. Thank you for all of them for my entertainment last Monday night. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna get into this thing. And first up, ladies and gentlemen, we are gonna hop right into the NXT Takeover Portland card. I am very, very much excited about this, and I gotta say that, man, silly me, I thought it was gonna be on a Saturday, when I, I'm watching NXT last night, and they say that this Sunday, NXT uh, TakeOver Portland, I'm like, what? Sunday? And yeah, I'm glad I caught that, but this is gonna be a phenomenal pay-per-view, it is absolutely stacked. And look at man, I'm gonna put it into pay-per-view of the year candidates already for 2020. So we're gonna start right up with the street fight, ladies and gentlemen. Dakota Kai versus Tika Knox. A phenomenal storyline we have going here. Uh Dakota Kai, Tika Knox, and I gotta say the one thing I didn't like was the match up that they had on NXT recently where Tika Knox got the win. Like I really felt like, you know what, keep them, you can have them interact or whatnot, but we shouldn't have had a match uh, that night, and we should have just kept the storyline going along, but however, I'm still very much interested in this match, they had a little bit of a brawl uh, last night on NXT, Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox, this should be phenomenal, I really hope that, you know what, they say it's a street fight, let it be brutal like i don't want to have a street fight that's okay they went to the outside of the ring for a little bit and they're back inside of the ring and it's pretty much just a regular match we may see a chair or two here no let it get crazy man let them go into the crowd i want chairs i want tables like let it come out let the kendo sticks come out like i really want to see that so i expect big things from this match it's gonna be a shoot all of them are gonna be a match of the night candidate as for your victor here I am going to go with Tegan Knox. Well, you know what? This one is tricky because Tegan Knox actually got the victory on NXT. But you know what? I'm going to stick with Tegan Knox to get the victory here to uh, avenge Dakota Kai and get her revenge at TakeOver. So moving on, we are going to go to the NXT Tag Team Championships, the Undisputed Arrow versus the Bros Awaits. Bros Awaits, the winners of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. And man, their binge nets have been tremendous, man. I have enjoyed them a whole lot. Pete Dunn and Matt Riddle, they've done a good job. And this is going to be a phenomenal match. Rose Wages versus the Undisputed Era. Like, man, I'm very much. This might be the matchup. I'm not going to say I was about to say the matchup that I'm most looking forward to. Not quite. It's one of the matchups that I'm looking most forward to. And at the end of the day, your winners will be the Undisputed Era. I see them retaining the titles here in what will be a phenomenal match. Uh, moving on, we got the NXT North American Championship on the line. Keith Lee versus Dominique Dijakovic. These guys have an incredible history of great matches together. And this one will be a great match as well. I absolutely loved Mark Henry last night. I'm building this matchup in that video package that they had and talking about the big men of wrestling and it was just perfectly done wwe always does a good job in that aspect but as for this matchup i'm very much looking forward to it 
the size these two are very much the new age big man i like to say it all the time the big man that can be big man but fly around like little guys as well and i expect a phenomenal matchup to your candidate here as for your winner keith lee has to retain here you just put the title on the guy no way they're taking him taking it off of him now moving on we got finn balor and johnny gargano ah uh, arguably this has been and i'm not gonna even say arguably this has been the best built storyline as we head into nxt takeover portland i am very much looking forward to this matchup it is going to be very exciting i've liked the back and forth that they've had with each other uh leading up into this nxt takeover portland so this like i'm very much looking forward to these matches two great wrestlers at the end of the day this one is a very tough one to call uh because gargano's looking for revenge but i think that finn balor finn balor is going to get the victory i think he's headed to an nxc title matchup at some point uh, with the winner of this title matchup they, uh, with the winner of the title matchup at nxt portland so i'm gonna go with finn balor to get the victory here moving on got the nxt women's championship on the line real ripley versus bianca belair and man i'm gonna get to this later but man i really feel like bianca belair has, has really been getting overlooked here and i'm gonna get into a lot of things that i have to say about that later but looking at this matchup here real ripley versus bianca belair you know you have charlotte involved in the storyline i don't really like that a whole lot but the match will be incredible ladies and gentlemen like i really feel like bianca belair has been looked over and i really want to pick bianca belair because of it but rear ripley just won the title i can't see them taking the championship off of rear ripley yet ah they had a pretty good back and forth last night on nxt and i'm very much looking forward to the match rear ripley will be your winner here however i'm not done i'm gonna address bianca belair later on in the show moving on to the final matchup of the night adam cole versus tomaso Ciampa. this has been a wonderful storyline uh Ciampa is back he wants goldie back he cut a phenomenal promo promo last night on NXT. And this is gonna be a look, match of the year candidate. I'm gonna already gonna say that right here, right now. Uh, these two guys can go in the ring. And you know what? Who wins here is very interesting. Adam Cole is on the run, but you know what? It is Tommaso Ciampa's time. I think he gets Goldie back. Tommaso Ciampa wins at NXT TakeOver Portland. So that is my picks for nxt takeover portland ladies and gentlemen we are gonna move on into john cena ladies and gentlemen how about this i'm watching wwe backstage and it is announced that big match john john cena will be back on smackdown i think they said the 28th if i'm not mistaken and right away you know you think okay who's gonna interrupt this so i'm thinking who's gonna be the wrestlemania opponent for john cena who should be the wrestlemania opponent for john cena and a lot of uh talk on twitter amongst my fellow mutuals was you know what john cena should go for the fiend it should be the fiend versus john cena at wrestlemania and i don't necessarily have a problem with that if bray wyatt is winning but i really think if you gotta have john cena back you gotta have him put over a young young guy like let him get in there with some guy that has a little bit of name value but can get a whole bunch of name value for beating john cena and i think that guy is velveteen dream ladies and gentlemen john cena has talked about how velveteen dream is 
are the next big thing to come out of NXT before. And I cannot think of a better match match up with a young, very young guy than John Cena versus Velveteen Dream. I would like to have that go down. I think it would be a phenomenal matchup. John Cena can put on a good match. We haven't seen him in a long time. The guy can put on a good match. Velveteen Dream can go in the ring. And this would be a huge, huge a momentum boost to Velveteen Dream's character overall as he heads into the future with NXT or with WWE wherever he goes. I want to see John Cena versus the Velveteen Dream. That's just my opinion. I would love it. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we had the Shayna Baszler, Becky Lynch uh, segment on Raw. I touched on it a little bit earlier, and man, we have Becky Lynch. Uh, versus Asuka and I'm thinking okay what's up here why are we having a title match on Raw and sure enough Becky wins here comes Shayna Baszler she takes a bite out of crime uh, versus Becky Lynch and man I'm just sitting there like okay I seen Shayna Baszler come out she's getting beat down I'm getting ready to tweet oh man well done WWE this is great build and she starts munching down on Becky Lynch's neck and I'm like Burp. Like, I, I, I didn't see that coming. That came way out of left field. And I hope this isn't the start of some kind of vampire character for Shayna Baszler. As many game girl jokes as I had last minute, like, no, I don't want to see that <laughs> happen. Like, no, let's, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Look, I'm interested in uh, I want to see how it goes. But here's how the match should go at WrestleMania. This should be a pure D beatdown. Shayna Baszler should beat the crap out of Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. So that we can build up some sympathy for Becky Lynch. She is a very sympathetic character. And that's what I want to have. Like, put yourself in the mind of Brock Lesnar, John Cena at SummerSlam that year when he just ragdolled. John Cena everywhere like we don't have to have a million German suplexes with Shayna Baszler or Becky Lynch but I want her to ragdoll Becky Lynch and win in a dominant fashion that would go over well and it would just be the start of this storyline so moving on ladies and gentlemen uh, it will be Goldberg versus uh, The Fiend at Super Showdown and that got a lot of people talking and Dave Meltzer got a lot of people talking as well uh, he said that you know what the more marquee match would be Goldberg versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, not Roman Reigns versus The Fiend. He said that that would have more fan interest. And I'm here to debate that. I'm here to talk about that. Well, not debating. I'm here to talk about it. What would have more fan interest? Uh, Goldberg and Roman or The Fiend versus Roman? I'm here undisputably, undoubtedly to say, look, man, what are we talking about here? Roman Reigns versus The Fiend is the most marquee match as it pertains to the fans overall. And it's not even close. Like we we spent all this time, we spent all this time complaining about Brock Lesnar and how he has manipulation on the main events and the title. And yet, like we're talking about actually talking about Goldberg and Roman as a more marquee match. No, man, we didn't sink all of this time into Bray Wyatt building him up into the fiend having these great vignettes telling these great stories for him not to be in the title match at wrestlemania and here's the thing man ah look man i hate to say it 
This has nothing to do with it, but look, Roman is going to get booed regardless. No matter who, who they put in the ring, it's Goldberg and Spain. The crowd is just going to boo Roman Reigns. I hope they're ready for it. This is why I say that Roman Reigns should be in a title match. That's just my opinion, because the fans are going to boo him out of the building. Like, like, we can have a lot of other storylines with Roman and the fans. Like, that's just my opinion on that. But overall, give me, if it just has to be Roman Reigns, at the least give me Bray Wyatt the Fiend versus Roman Reigns. I have no interest in Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. No, that is a thing that should not happen. So, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about two bad sisters, ladies and gentlemen, Naomi and Bianca Belair, and they are getting the job done, but here's my deal. I think that there's a chance that one of these ladies can pull off some Kofi Kingston-esque momentum as we head into wrestlemania and beyond so looking at i told you i was going to get into this looking at charlotte flair real ripley bianca belair like okay bianca belair is being treated as the afterthought but clearly as you've seen i on her promo I, on nxt last night the crowd is digging bianca belair and we're pushing rhea versus charlotte now to be fair Ah, Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan, they were born out of fans not wanting something. The fans didn't want Randy Orton versus Batista that year. Uh, the fans didn't want to see Daniel Bryan uh, versus anybody other than Kofi Kingston that year. To be fair, the fans are really into Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair, but WWE has to be careful. Real, uh, excuse me, Bianca Belair is a very lovable character, and if you keep pushing her to the back, the fan, I really think the fans are going to start to get behind Bianca Belair, unless they just push her away from the story in title or entirely to where she can't get into the story. That's the only way. I think that she doesn't gain some type of Kofi-esque momentum, but they better be careful, man, because, yeah, the fans really love her, and she can gain some type of momentum, gain some type of Kofi Kingston-esque momentum as we head to WrestleMania. As pertains to Naomi, uh, we don't know yet what the matchup is at WrestleMania. It is presumably, everybody would presume Bailey versus Sasha Banks, but Sasha Banks is injured. Uh, so we don't know yet, but let's play devil devil's advocate here and say that Sasha Banks comes back. Uh, Naomi has really gotten over with the fans. She had a great showing at the Royal Rumble. And you know what? I have been championing uh, Sasha versus Bailey. Ever since the second year, they celebrated the five year, you know what, anniversary or whatnot of the Give Divas a Chance uh, hashtag on Twitter. And look, man, ever since the second year, when Bailey first arrived, I've been saying Sasha versus Bailey at WrestleMania, make it happen. It would be the biggest match on the card. And to be honest, I think that window has really passed. The window of interest has passed. Like, it would be a good match, but it doesn't have the same pop that it had uh, years ago. That's just my opinion. And I really think that Naomi is a more interesting character. The fans are really behind Naomi. I really think that Bailey needs a charismatic face uh, to get her momentum rolling as a heel. So if the plan is Bailey versus Sasha. I really think that Naomi has a phenomenal chance to get some type of Kofi Kingston-esque momentum rolling because the fans are definitely behind her. We will see how it turns out.
going forward. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to Jordan Grace and Impact, ladies and gentlemen. It was Jordan Grace versus Taya Valkyrie. And I got to say that, you know what? I have been saying for a long time, I've said it on this very podcast, that Impact, you know what? It is time to go with Jordan Grace. Make Do the right thing, dog on it. And Jordan Grace, they had a decent match. And Jordan Grace is finally the Impact Women's World Champion. I got to say that it was a phenomenal call. Jordan Grace had been deserving of the title for some time now. And I'm interested to see where it goes. Look, it got to a point where it was a Shayna Baszler type of thing. Shayna Baszler held that title in NXT so long to where the women women's division kind of got stagnant and we needed to change. And it wasn't that Shayna was, was a bad champion. It's just that, you know what, it's time for somebody else. Taya had held that championship for so long and it was time for somebody else. Jordan Grace got the opportunity. I'm very happy for it. I cannot wait to see where it goes. So we're moving on, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to move into Drew McIntyre. And look, I'm very much happy for Drew McIntyre. Look, I think of the world of the guy, but I'm very scared. Like, I think that there's a slight chance that this guy could lose momentum as we head into WrestleMania. Like, from right now, the day after, or the week after the Royal Rumble, all the way up until we get to the WrestleMania build, I really think that WWE has no idea what to do with Drew McIntyre. You look at the segment last week with MVP. Like MVP was totally out of place Like the fans want to cheer MVP and they had him being a heel And I'm like The segment like it, it fell down a cliff Because MVP was out of place In my opinion but you look at segments like that Drew McIntyre are, is in squash matches You know right after winning the World Rumble The guy has momentum So you gotta maintain that momentum As we head into the Wrestlemania A matchup with Brock Lesnar Or else the fans will start to lose A slight bit of interest And I'm scared that You know what They have all of these pay-per-views They have Super Showdown In the middle of Wrestlemania Which is a bad idea in my opinion Because as CM Punk said on WWE Backstage We should be focusing on WrestleMania. That's just my opinion. Ah, so I'm very afraid we'll see how it goes going forward. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, to number eight. Matt Hardy said goodbye. Ah, uh, presumably to WWE last week. He presumably, assumedly, you know what happens when we when you assume, but assumedly said goodbye to WWE after uh, presumably being written off by Randy Orton. And I gotta say that. You know what? It was weird, first of all, to see Matt Hardy out there defending Edge's honor, for goodness sake. But we're not going to go down that road. Uh, but my question is, if Matt Hardy is leaving WWE, where should he go next? A lot of people are saying AEW, he should be the exalted one. And I get it. But you know what? We got to think of, I think of where did Matt Hardy have his most success? Where is he most over? It was two times when Matt Hardy initially came back to WWE in like 2005 or whatever it was. The fans were all over him and WWE blew it, obviously. And the second time was in Impact Wrestling as Broken Matt Hardy. And you know what? I want to see the dude go back to Impact Wrestling because I believe Impact needs a shot in the arm. And I think Matt Hardy, Broken Matt, yes, I think that he would be it. And I really want to see that guy go back to Impact Wrestling. That is just my opinion on the situation. I want to see him go back to Impact. There are a lot of great young guys in Impact that he can have some great matches with and great storylines with, more importantly. I want Broken Matt back. I would love to see him back in Impact Wrestling. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we got AEW. 
uh, to review, ladies and gentlemen. And first up, we're not gonna waste waste any more time. We got Omega versus Omega and Hangman versus SCU. Uh, for the tag team championships, this was a phenomenal matchup, and the crowd was just hot for Kenny Omega, man. This crowd was hot all night, and I'll mention it throughout this review. Uh, Hangman had a phenomenal hot tag here at Clear House. We had some tremendous near falls, but the spot of the match, man, Omega and uh, Hangman had a tremendous tag team finish with the V-Trigger with the clothesline. That picks up the victory for Omega and Hangman. And it was a phenomenal way to open the show. Afterwards, we had a massive brawl with the Dark Order. That storyline is still going on. The Exalted One, that's still going on. And also, that set up the Tag Team Battle Royal for next week. I'm very much excited uh, about that show. That is going to be a phenomenal show. That's going to be a phenomenal Tag Team Battle Royal. So, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we had Santana have a fantastic interview. Ah, uh, this guy can really talk. Like I've been following him since Impact Wrestling. A lot of people didn't know he could talk. Ah, uh, he cut an interview about his dad, how his dad was blind at 14, how it was taken away from him. It was a really heartfelt interview that shows that Santana could be a huge single star for AEW. So moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we had Sammy Guevara versus Dustin Rhodes. And this was a phenomenal matchup. I very much enjoy, enjoyed it. Dustin Rose can still go, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I love about it. He did a Canadian Destroyer to which I'm getting sick of Canadian Destroyers and matches that aren't finishing matches. But at the end of the day, Dustin Rose picks up the win, which I thought was very surprising. Like, I figured the young guy would pick up the win here, but Dustin picks up the win. He goes on to challenge Jake Hager at AEW Revolution. I cannot wait to see that, too. Our relatively big house is going at it. Dustin can still go. Jake Hager can go. I want to see that. I'm very interested in it. Let's go, baby. I want to see it. So, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to Britt Baker. Ah, she had another interview and look at first I thought that she talked too much about Yuka Zakizaki and how she knocked out her tooth and whatnot but and I thought that she was losing the momentum of the promo it was getting uh pretty lax about it and I wasn't very interested into it but she picked it back up when she started insulting the crowd called them chubby Whataburger faces that was great she got some phenomenal heel heat from this promo and she did a tremendous job here. Well done, Britt Baker. So moving on, we had the Women's Championship on the line. Nala Rose versus Rio. And this was a phenomenal matchup, ladies and gentlemen. Arguably the best matchup uh, from four or from the AEW women overall. And like, man, we had a Snapdragon from Rio. We had a Northern Lights by Rio to Nyla Rose. The crowd was hot. We got This Is Awesome chance. At the end of the day, we had a new champion. Nyla Rose picks up the victory, ladies and gentlemen. How about that, man? Uh, Nala Rose picks up the win, and I'm very excited to see where it goes next, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, like I said, we said earlier, AEW didn't have much of a story in their division, but you know what? Let's see. So, moving on, we had a Jericho interview, and I'm backstage interview, and it's the typical interview, but then all of a sudden, Jericho says that, you know what, Moxley, I have Jeff Cobb waiting for you next week. And I almost jumped out of my chair, man. And I, I put on Twitter, Jeff Cobb with a like question mark and an exclamation point. This guy is phenomenal in the ring. 
uh, I cannot wait to see that match up uh, next week. One thing I do have a problem with, I'll get into it at the end of this review. Uh, moving on, we had MJF versus Jungle Boy. You know what? I gotta say that this was the best match of the night. It was better than I, you know, I gave it more. It was better than I was giving it credit for when they initially came out. You know, I expected a decent matchup at best, but they really got after it. They had the crowd involved. And you know what? MJF picked up the victory. I don't have a problem with that. Junk Boy takes the loss. But it was a phenomenal match and the crowd, like I said, the crowd was very involved and I continue to get impressed by Jungle Boy every single week. He is phenomenal in that ring. So moving on, we had the main event of the night. It was Santana versus Moxley. It was two uh, one-eyed guys going at it. And it was a phenomenal matchup. It started in the crowd, started hot in the crowd. Ah, they went at it. And the, like I said, the crowd was hot all night long. And I didn't really much like the Ortiz interference throughout the match. I really thought that that took away from the match. But at the end of the day, it was a decent matchup. Moxie picks up the victory here. And to close the show, he doesn't get to celebrate because the inner circle is coming down and they beat the stuffing out of Moxley. We get a Jeff Cobb appearance. Uh, at the end of the show, he takes Moxley out and he stands tall with the inner circle. Well done, AEW. That was a phenomenal show. The only problem I have is that Jeff Cobb is not signed to a contract. And like these things can get tricky, man. They had a tight a Tron, a video Tron for Jeff Cobb. You know, you have him in a big angle. I'm not going to say a relatively big. It is a big angle he's in. And you don't have him under contract. Like, even if they have a verbal agreement, like, that's not good enough for me. I've seen this happen to Impact and TNA a lot. They'll have a guy on TV, and then the guy ends up signing somewhere else. So, like, I would have love for AW2 sign the guy first before putting him on TV. I think it's, you know what, yes, it's kind of reckless to put a guy that you don't have under contract yet. Because, you know, man, we've seen in wrestling. People can verbally agree to something and then just end up somewhere else. That's my opinion. I would have liked to see him on the contract. But other than that, this was a phenomenal uh, show of AEW. I enjoyed it very much. And this was a phenomenal edition of the 100th episode of the Toe Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do the soapbox again. So chime in with all of your soapbox moments, all of the things that bother you in wrestling. Feel free to chime in. Episode 100. Find me on Twitter at 2SweetPod and at OMG Corey B. I am.